Hey guys, this is Eric Vento. Welcome to another episode and podcast of Government to Private, where we explore different perspectives and journeys from people who have successfully made the transition from the government to the private. And this could be law enforcement, military, intelligence community, teachers, anyone who has worked in the public sector and has now transitioned over to the other side. Um, with us tonight is Vince Young. Vince and I have known each other for um, several years by now, and um, he is an awesome guy. I've actually been looking forward to this conversation for a while now just because um, as you meet a lot of different people through networking and ACES and other organizations, you know, you're privileged to build relationships with them. But unless you are blessed with money and time to go to all these different conferences, you rarely get to see each other in person, you know, and Vince and I have actually never met in person before, but we hope to change that here soon. So yes. Vince, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being with us tonight. Thank you so much for having me on. I really, really appreciate it. And it's been uh, very exciting. As I was saying to you before we joined this, I'd, I had to get my butt home, rush, because I was really excited to sit there and talk to you about this. I did the whole 15 minutes beforehand, check to make sure the camera works and all this kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm very stoked that you invited me. I'm very happy to be here. Pre appreciate Absolutely, it. Absolutely, man. I, I appreciate you making sure everything works, too. There's nothing worse than getting on and figuring out, oh, man, I need to update my Zoom. I need to, like, restart my computer or something like that. Exactly. So Awesome, man. Well, hey, I know you come from a law enforcement background. You're based up in Canada. So can you give us a bit of a high level overview of your history? Yeah. So I started out in policing in 99, uh, worked in, joined a municipal police force. I think at that time it was probably the second largest police force in in Ontario, in the province that I live in. Um, at that time it was maybe like 15, 1600 officers. We bordered Toronto and uh, just super duper fun. Uh, we were single, single officer, you know, units going out there. We didn't have partners, anything like that. So it was definitely, Hey, throw you out to the wolves, but man, I learned so much, the camaraderie and uh, just learning how to talk to people and being scared, like real scared in many, many instances and just kind of shaking your head and like, wow, I actually survived that. You've been there. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. I sit back now and I, sometimes you have conversations with your kids and they kind of look at you. You did what, daddy? I'm like, sorry, filter. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, yeah, <laughs> time out. <laughs> All right. Pretend you just, just wiped that from your mind. But so I did that for a number of years. I worked in a couple of specialized units while I was in there. And then one of my buddies actually jumped over from Peel to the RCMP, which is our federal police force. And he was telling me about some of the investigations that he was involved in, you know, really just big, impactful investigations, really taking down some big organizations versus your individual type of thing. And, he, you know, he was like, hey, you know, what, what do you think? So I went ahead and jumped over in 2005. Uh, so I joined the RCMP in uh, 05, did some drug work, some federal enforcement. And then my last eight years, I, I worked in a covert unit and I did that for, yeah, like I said, about eight years. And um realize that man it's uh yeah it's it's time it's I thought I was going to do this for the rest of my days but then probably about maybe 15 16 years in I started to kind of scratch my head and um I knew a lot of guys and gals that were kind of getting out and there were some of them were just how do you try to be diplomatic about it but they were just angry at the world you know, you know how it is. We spend 95% of our time dealing with like a 2% of the population. And of that 2% is they're not the nicest people. 
And then you think the whole world is like that. Well, it's not like that actually, right? So I just didn't want to kind of grow like that. And I started realizing, you know, I think there's other things out there. And I just took off that kind of those blue blinders where you're just looking for the next promotion and realized that there's a whole another world out there. And then I was like, wow, this, there's more money to be made. The hours are better. I don't got to worry about getting killed all day long. Um, yeah. I got stuck with a needle when I was uh, working in uniform, literally right before like a big event for me and end up sitting on that AIDS cocktail for 30 days. I'm fine now for the world out there, but <laughs> it, it wasn't fun. So anyway, I'm rambling. No, no, not at all. So, you know, once you got that thought in your head and you started thinking about, okay, it's time for me to go, you know, what did you do to start preparing for that transition? The thing that you're brilliant at networking really, because I didn't know, I, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I really didn't know. So I started just kind of, Hey, what do you do? Hey, what do you do? Just literally randomly talking to people. Oh, you're a librarian. Oh, no, that's not what I want to do. Oh, you work in loss prevention. No, that's not really my jam either. Um, and then I just, that's, you know, cyber IT, I kind of just really talk to people and kind of tell, just like, tell me what your whole day is like. Yeah. like when you go absolutely. Monday, yeah. Because you don't know, you know, tell me all the worst things. Tell me the great things. Like, tell me what the pay is like. Cause you don't want to, I mean, sure. There's lots of things I want to do. I like to pet puppies all day long, but I, <laughs> you got bills to pay too. You know what I mean? So that's when I kind of uh, started going down that um, path. And then I started looking at my own skill sets and some of the stuff that I was really, I'm a big kind of a nerdy tech guy. I was big into open source investigations type stuff before it even really became a mainstream thing. It was something that I had already been doing just from my previous line of work. And um, there was a tech company here in the city that I, uh, that I live in. They kind of were looking for a person and there was a connection made and the head of HR said, Hey, listen, if you're looking to get out, we've got something for you. This is what you would be doing. And it was literally the perfect nexus and transition using my law enforcement skills in the tech industry into the corporate corporate space, if you want to call it. And then that landed me to in the position that I'm currently in now. Anyway, I'm rambling again. No, no, no. I, I love it. You know, it's like, it's like when you're interviewing someone in law enforcement and they start rambling, yeah. you know, the, the ramble, you get, you get so much good information out of that ramble, you know, because it's not people who are trying to really be specific. They're just throwing out all this random information, but you get a lot of great stuff out of it in a lot yeah. of cases. And, um, you know, this is the same is true here. So I heard, I heard two things in your so-called ramble <laughs> is, um, one, you know, you talked about the informational interviews. You know, that's something I tell every single person I talk to on a daily basis because they're like, well, beyond a resume and beyond a LinkedIn and all that other stuff, what other stuff should I do that maybe doesn't cost any money? Yeah. You know, and I'm like, well, it's going to cost you time, but informational interviews, you know, just make a list of, hey, here are the companies I want to work for. or Maybe here are the jobs that sound super interesting. And then let's get you in front of those people who do that on a daily basis. And you can understand whether it'd be potentially a fit for you, yeah. you know, and that's the only way that you can find that stuff out just because in law enforcement, as you well know, you know, the various ranks, they're all pretty similar, you know, like the one thing that's going to change is the scope and complexity of what you do. And the corporate world is, is very, very similar. Yeah. You know, you could be an investigator for one company and handle a very, very narrow section of the business. 
and then be an investigator for another company and have all these different pillars underneath you underneath you and so you won't know what is out there and what everything consists of until you start having those conversations with people who have not only transitioned out before you but also who are in those roles yeah. you know asking them hey what does your day to day consist of you know do you like where you are do you like the culture do you like the environment you know and as you get additional information hopefully you know that enables you to make a more well informed decision about what you truly want to focus on exactly you literally hit hit the nail right on the head there um i feel people have to be really open to listening um yeah. i'm sure you've had this guys and gals ask you this you know hey you know eric you've got a really good job now it looks like the pay is good the hours are good and stuff like that you know i've got 25 years in and i'm ready to retire and i just want to coast and take another second job hey bro sis love you would love to get you into the world but when you go to this type of a level of corporate you're not coasting it's you 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 don't sit there and just collect your paycheck we are a cost center physical security is almost always a cost center and all you do is take money for them because you don't see the tangible things that we do to make sure that the business is able to run making sure access control is good cctv is good Crisis management plans are in place. Business continuity is in place. Buddy, I can ramble up. When you're traveling across to, to, to sign these $100 million contracts, travel security is good. Project security is good. We That's us. That's all us. But you don't actually see what we're doing, but we're doing yeah. it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So nothing happens for four or five years. Yeah, let's just cut some money from the, the security sector because everything's fine. And no, it's because you've been pumping money into us to allow us to do what we need to do to, to support your business. So you can't, want to transition and just coast and collect double pension. No. Yeah. I always like, I don't know. Like I always like when a major incident hits the news, they're like, you know, maybe it's a cybersecurity breach or even like an insider threat case or something like that. Always. My first question is, okay, what did they cut? Yep. You know, and maybe that's a little bit too cynical sometimes, you know, because a lot of times, like, you know, the bad guys, they only have to get it right once. Yeah. You know, we have to get it right every single time, you know. And so, you know, sometimes they get lucky. Sometimes they do their due diligence. They do their research, you know, and they're very targeted in how they approach the threat factor, yeah. you know. But a lot of times it's because the company was like, well, you know, we're spending X amount of money on security every year. And security is this all-encompassing bucket, you know, and we're just going to take, you know, five or $10 million from it. And then we don't have as much coverage as we used to, Yeah, you know, and things just fall through the cracks. Yeah, And that's the same for every organization. Every organization has to come to the conclusion of what do we want to focus on? We have a limited budget. We have limited headcount. What is our risk tolerance? Yes. You know, and, you know, ultimately, something's going to be at the bottom, yeah. you know, and you just need to be, un- be aware that, okay, if we have an incident, we know it's, it, we know it's coming yeah. and we know why, yeah. you know, we, we need to be ready to explain that to our board and our executives about, Hey, we put this at the bottom and here's why. Yes. And uh, sorry in advance, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like when something goes sideways, all of a sudden it's like, Hey, Eric, how much money do you need? You know what? Depending on the what actually happens, sometimes it's going to take years to recover if it's even recoverable, right? Yeah. And you know, I find 
I'm not a guy that waves, look what I did, look what I did. Oh, look what I did. That's not me. I've never been like that. But I've had to really kind of adjust because in order to sell yourself up to, to your point, the managing board and to the CEOs and say, hey, you know, this is what security did. This is what corporate security did here. This is how we added value because we need you need to do that to ensure you stay afloat and we'll collect your paycheck every two weeks as well. Right. And just to keep the organization safe. So that's one of the things I have definitely had to kind of shift, um, you know, being that guy who just doesn't want to talk about it to now not being like, you know, a boastful ass about it, but just sure. being hum- humble enough to get your point across and say, Hey, listen, this is what happened and this is what we did. And this is how, you know, this is how it's going to be beneficial to the, to you continue to fund our organ, our, our group. Right. Absolutely. I mean, you know, five years ago, which sounds like a long time, but it really wasn't, you know, five years ago, security was this black hole, yeah. you know, that we threw everything into and we never really had to come up with ROI, you know, and now security is not only a cost center, you know, as you alluded to earlier, but it's something that we consistently have to sell, Yes. you know, and, you know, um, that's something that a lot of people aren't used to, yeah. you know. But being able to articulate that yes. in terms that executives can understand is the exact same thing that I have to do every day from a resume writing perspective yeah. is how do I take the information that I have and put it into a language that anyone can understand and appreciate? And so if you're in security, one of the first things that you have to figure out is, OK, what do my executives care about? And then how can I take my scope of work or my remit? and put our successes and our wins, or even, you know, this is what's going to happen if I don't get this into terms and language that my executives can appreciate from a risk perspective. Right. You know, and uh, I see a lot of guys who they get into these roles and they're either unwilling or unable to do that. And then, you know, they, they wonder, okay, well, why did my scope just melt away? Yeah. You know, and, uh, yeah, it's just something. It's just something to definitely keep in mind. Well, I mean, to your point there, and I feel like, at least for me, I like talking to people, and that really helped my police career because I just enjoy talking to people. It doesn't matter where where you come from or whatever; it makes no difference. I just like talking to people because I don't know. It's just it's free. It's my time, and you learn so much. You know, you become more wise, you become more humble just by talking to people. And I learned a lot of that skills are from my policing days, and which was easily transferable to exactly to what you said. You got to listen to your CEO. What's what's his or her or their pain point, and you got to you got to play into that because if you don't, you're going to get axed. You're constantly <laughs> yeah. going to get axed. So you know the same stuff we learn in, in doing interviews, interrogations. What did they, what did they teach you, right? You sit there, listen. You, you got to you, you know what you're what you're trying to do. But you got to sit there and listen. You got to, you know, use the, the the key phrases and the buzzwords to, to get it out and sell your point. It's the same thing. It's except that you're not putting someone in jail. That's the difference. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> b- big difference there, brother. Yeah, it's like so when you so when you know, kind of circling back to you know your transition from RCMP over into the tech world. Yeah. You know, your first year at you know um, Media Sonar. You know what. What surprised you about the transition? Like, what did you have trouble with, you know, you know, being in a corporate environment for the first time? Rules. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, just, it literally, I know it sounds weird, but, you know, in law enforcement, there's really strict rules, man. Like, 
you don't deviate. There's not that much gray. It's like, you know, either you're 20 over or, or you weren't, right? I, I found that in the corporate world, there was a lot of uh, stuff that went on. I'm like, can you do that? That seems like weird. And they're like, yeah, you can you can do that as part of the business practice. I'm like, oh, okay. So it was a lot of learning about like when they're doing bidding and stuff like that. I always thought it was weird that, you know, they would have vendor nights and they'd invite all their vendors and, you know, feed them all this kind of stuff. I'm like, that's not, you can't do that. And they're like, hell yeah, you can do that. That's part of <laughs> you know like like, okay well i didn't know right so a lot of that type of those small little nuances it took a little bit of time to kind of get used to and kind of take off that boy scout hat right you know and i'm not saying we're like i'm not saying anybody's dirty or anything like that we're we're, we're sure we have compliance and we're very rigid but just some of those things that i thought would you know were not cool i'll give you an instance uh, a, a small thing Someone gave me tickets to a, a basketball game. I'm like, oh, I can't accept that. They're like, yeah, you can. I'm like, no, I can't. And then I talked to my regional officer and he's like, Vince, you're not a cop anymore. You're allowed to go to the game. I'm like, are you sure? He's like, yes. I, he would join me to send you an email. I'm like, <laughs> okay. He's like, I'm going to slap you. Like, come on. You know, it's kind of great stuff like that. But anyway. Man, I, I couldn't agree more. You know, when I left law enforcement, I, I thought so. I, I, I still do to some degree, but I was so black and white. Yeah. And how I thought about things. And, you know, my wife, she still gives me crap about it to the day. She's like, you need to stop thinking so black and white about this. You need to like start thinking in the gray. And, you know, that can be a really difficult mindset to transition out of, Yes, you know, especially when you're so used to this rigid line and, you know, everything comes back to integrity, Yeah, you know, and if, if you're, you know, if you're weaving over the line, like you're in a car or something like that, you're like, Oh, my integrity is at risk, yeah. you know? And I think a lot of it is again, understanding the environment that you're in, that the rules have changed. Yes. And as long as you're asking maybe your people manager or, you know, whoever the compliance officer is or whoever the, you know, the security guy is in your organization, like, Hey, is this legit? You yeah. know, or like it, it, it as you go through these different scenarios and these different examples, and as time passes, you know, you'll gradually start to understand what is acceptable and what is not, yeah. you know, which is why we have to take these gobs and gobs of boring training every year, you know, on compliance and AML and all that stuff yeah. because of situations just like you described, Yeah, you know, because there was someone who, you know, didn't follow those rules. And, you know, we want to ensure that, especially as we're dealing with vendors and procurement and all the different rules that are associated with that, that you're behaving in an ethical manner. And so I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. And um, I definitely, I definitely hear that from guys all the time about like, I just, I don't know how to, how to behave (laughs) sometimes. And um, I just tell them, you got to take it a day at a time. Yeah. You know, talk, like this. Talk to you folks, talk to other people. Yeah. You know, if, if you're not cool with it, bounce it off. You know, I, I'd pick up the phone, Eric, man. Hey, I, I okay, I, I know I'm sane, but I just want to be doubly ensured that I'm sane. So here's the scenario. What do you think? And if that's okay, like, this is what the whole network thing is all about. Find some trusted sources and ask them. It's There's nothing wrong with that. Be humble, man. You don't, you don't got to know it all. That's all I got to say. You yeah. Know, it's okay absolutely. Yep. Right. Yeah. So did you, did you have guys that you leaned on during your transition? 
a few. So there was uh, there was one guy that uh, uh, left uh, placing maybe two or three years before me. So I had a lot of conversations with him. I'm like, are you sure you're leaving some like stability and um, guaranteed paycheck, pension, A, B, C, D, F, G? Like, you know, what did you think? And repeatedly he was like, buddy, it's the best thing I did in, in, in my entire universe. Money's better. Uh, family life is better. I make more money than you and I still, I only got to show up eight to four and I'm like, oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. No worry about getting shot. No worry about just dealing with stupidness. It's so much better for for your mental health. And I was like, wow. I go, tell me something bad. He's, and he's just like, bro, seriously, man, there's nothing bad. I'm like, come on, get back to me in a few days. There's gotta be something bad. And in two days he gets back to me. He's like, yeah, I, I do. I miss the, the lights and sirens driving like an ass and, uh, Stuff yeah. like that. I'm like, oh yeah, I can forego that any day. That's why you can pay 200 bucks, go on the track, and you can drive like an ass all you want, right? <laughs> you don't gotta, you don't gotta worry about getting shot doing that either, right? So yeah, yeah. I definitely, I definitely empathize with that. You know, I, uh, I see a marked unit like probably like every two minutes of my day, and I'm like, oh, I miss doing that. Yeah, you know, but yep. I also don't miss getting paid fifty thousand dollars to, you know, run code every every 30 seconds to someone else who needs my help, yep. you know? And, uh, you know, um, you know, I always thought that I would be a lifer, you yeah. know, I, th I thought for sure 30, 40 years, you know, I'm going to, you know, be that old head, you know, <laughs> who's skulking down the road with his Sam Brown, like, okay, like all I need is my flashlight and my, you know, my, my, uh, my wooden baton, yeah. you know? And, uh, that's not what life had in store, nope. you know? So, you know, a lot of times when I'm talking to people, especially if they're at the executive level, because executives seem to have a little bit harder time with this is setting expectations. Yes. You know, because, you know, they seem to have particular trouble with, Oh, I've done all this body of work. It should be relatively simple for me to land a job in the private sector, nope. you know? And I'm like, well, you could be a unicorn, you know, you could like apply to that, that job right out of the gate and you get the job, but you're going to be in the minority for sure. Because most of the time it's going to take you three, six, maybe nine months to land a job. And that's if you're pounding the pavement and you're doing everything well, you're doing it consistently, et cetera. And that's just really hard for some people to hear because they spent their entire career just kicking butt and taking names yeah. And, you know, they're like, well, why wouldn't someone want this? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, they do. But they have a lot more other people to pick from, too. Yeah. You know, and so. And um, like to your point, there's I, you know, and this is not to, you know, not relish in the careers of people who were way up there, like chief superintendents and superintendents, like the high ranking folks. But I find some of those folks sometimes are the hardest to transition. They're used to having 100, 300, 400 folks work underneath them. You know, they made all the ultimate decisions, ABCDFG. And when you transition over to corporate, no matter where you fit on the security food chain, there's still a CEO, there's still a CFO, there's still general counsel, and they're all above you. And you got to eat some humble pie to know that you ain't making that decision. You yeah, know, absolutely. Right? It's very hard for them to kind of take off that, uh, you know, I was, but I, in policing, I was this high. I'm sorry. 
you're not in policing anymore. You're with our organization yeah. and you're going to be respected, but I'm the boss, not you. Right. So sometimes it's hard for them to, to take that hat off. And then again, that kind of like where we circle back to those informational interviews is, you know, there's only a limited number of hours in a day. And especially if you're still working your job while you're trying to transition, you have even less. And yeah. so, you know, from an informational interview perspective, it's just not about throwing your line out there and seeing who you can connect with. You want to connect with people who have been where you are, yeah. preferably at the same level that you've been at, because the context that they're going to have about, well, this is the, the exact same issue that I experienced is going to be a little bit more likely than just talking with anyone that you can, Yeah, you know, and so you know, whether it's a chief or it's a senior executive in federal law enforcement or whoever you're talking about, you're always going to have, not always, you're more than likely going to have a more accurate picture of the transition process because not only are you talking with someone who comes from the same industry, but also the same job title. Yeah, I agree. You know, um, no, I, you know, like, all, I like that idea about the info sessions. I think it's, I, I did it, so. Yeah. And again, it's just like, you know, it's the same thing in the corporate world when you're thinking about, you know, going into a different job, you know, or in law enforcement. You know, what do we do when we wanted to go to another agency? We did a ride along, yeah. you know, or we went and ch chatted with someone there and said, hey, what am I stepping into here? Exactly. You know, it looks all sh bright and shiny on the outside, but is this a toxic hellhole on the in on the inside? Yeah. You know, we, we all want to step into a good place. Yes. You know, and the part and the reason why we have all these informational interviews is to give us the information that we need to make a more informed decision. Yeah. You know, so um, now that you've been in the corporate world for what is it like five years now? Since 2017. So what are we? Okay. Yeah. Six, five, well, six, five yeah. six years. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what advice would you have for people who are in the transition process now or considering something similar? So, okay, well, I, I'm a big believer in, you said something earlier, you said maybe five, six years ago, security was one big bucket. There's, there's cybersecurity, there's IT security, there's physical security, there's investigations. Get a flavor of all of that, especially if you're trying to go into my world of, of the corporate security world, have a pretty good understanding of cyber. I, I'm not asking you to become a cyber practitioner and, you know, do digital forensic. I'm not asking you to do any of this stuff, but have an understanding of what cyber does and how cyber and physical are literally before they used to be two big silos. Nope, not anymore. We are fully conjoined together. One holds the hand of the other and, and vice versa. You can have a server room fully locked down, best IT security entire universe. But if you've got the door to the server room locked with a, a padlock, which is the physical security side, you, you tell me how good that is. Someone cracks the lock, walks in there, you, full access, unfettered access to your server. So I always use that as, as an analogy when I'm talking to people. Really understand what the cyber is like, have an idea what physical is like. Be open, be like a sponge. You don't know what you don't know. Just talk to as many people, gather the information and be open to really, like just really listening. It's, it's hard when we're law enforcement, we just literally, we, you know, you got your head on, you got your blinders on and you call the call, blah, blah, blah. You don't know how to take that stuff off, right? Talk to, like, use resources like you, like, guys that guys and gals that you're going to trust that are going to tell you exactly like it is. Not every day is perfect. 
I love the organization that I work for. I was saying to you earlier, fantastic organization, great boss, really good, um, amazing CEO, really great opportunities to do things and shape things. But of course, there's crappy days too. It is what it is. But I'm, I'm not going to only tell you how that it's all roses. I'm going to tell you there's someday there's poop. And right. gonna, that's just the way it is, right? Um, biggest thing is don't expect that you're going to retire, you know, October 1, and then you're going to find a job to your point by October 31st. At least, what, maybe two years beforehand, you better start planning, do training, join organizations, you know, take off the government hat and start putting on the civilian hat so that you can start talking that talk instead of talking the, uh, you know, Hey, it's all, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. So anyway, that's, and just be open to, to listening, just take off, take off any kind of barriers and just sit back and, and have some guy or gal or somebody else tell you what's what and ingest it. Right. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I always think about it you know, from a law enforcement perspective, because that's my background, but it's like, what did you do to prepare t- for being a cop? You know, you went to school, maybe you studied criminal justice, maybe you did, maybe you studied something completely different, but you started getting in shape. You started and you went to an academy for, you know, six to nine months, depending on on what it was. And then you took, you know, at minimum 40 hours, if not hundreds of hours more on an annual basis to stay abreast of everything. It's the same thing in the corporate world, yeah. you know, like you have to prepare for this, yeah. you know, and if you don't prepare for it and you happen to get lucky and you land yourself a job, you're still going to have to get up to speed really, really quickly, yeah. you know, and, you know, that's, that can be really, that can be something that's really hard to grasp because departments around the globe do a really, really poor job of preparing their people for life after law enforcement, you know, and when people leave or they retire, or maybe they start looking six to nine months beforehand, they start to realize the enormity of the task that they are facing and it can be really overwhelming. Yeah, absolutely. But you know what? I find that lots of law enforcement folks that, that we know, like, in the corporate world, and I'm sure you've experienced this as well, it's like, oh my gosh, Eric, Eric, um, this has happened. Oh my God, what's, what are you going to do? What are we going to do? We've seen dead people. We've responded to guns and we're like, hey, anybody dying like right now? No. Anybody bodily harm, imminent bodily harm? No. <laughs> so they kind yeah. of look to us and we're it's always, okay. yeah, we're always that calm kind of figure, or at least I know within my, my organization, I'm just like, hey, you know, it's it's a piece of paper. It's going to get signed. Maybe not right away, but it'll get signed by tomorrow. It's okay. The world is not on fire. And, right. then <laughs> and that's, those are really good transfer, transferable skills that we kind of learned because we had to be like that. What have you been to a call where you're like, Oh my God, Oh my God, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? You, you're not going to walk into a call doing that. Automatically you turn on that game face and you're calm and you can bring that over to the corporal. Think about the stuff that you already know and bring that over to the corporate world but you don't know what's in the corporate world until they talk to people like you talk to people like yeah. me and say hey this is a transferable skill which is why i think what you do is it's awesome it's amazing service for the uh for the for the guys and gals that are trying to try to transition out because as i was saying to you I, it's sad to see people who spend 25 30 years in an agency and when they come out they're just angry at the world you know you don't don't you don't like to see that right so yeah Absolutely. Out. So anyway, 
Awesome, man. Well, anything else that you have to say? Any, any other words of wisdom? No, I got no, I got no wisdom. What are you talking about? <laughs> you picked the wrong dude, man. I don't know what you're thinking of. No, I got nothing. Like I'm, I'm a, there's lots of people who always reach out and sometimes it's a right, like it's a right fit to kind of have that conversation. And sometimes it's not like, you know, recently someone said, Hey, I'm a, I'm, I'm, I, uh, I'm a developer. Can I talk to you? I'm not a developer and I don't really think I, and you don't want to be rude, but if you talk to every person every single time, you're not going to have any time for yourself and just to kind of, you know, de-stress. If I have something to contribute, more than happy to sit down and chat with you. But if it's something that's like, hey, I want to be a cook. I don't know. I mean, I can use a microwave. Like what, I got nothing to contribute. <laughs> like what the hell, right? So, but I'm always happy to chat with people. If, if there's something yeah. I can do, that's great. If not, I can at least point you in the right direction, send them over to you or, or whatever that offers a better service, right? So. Absolutely. Well, Vince, thank you so much for volunteering to, to be here and just share your story. I have no doubt that it's going to resonate with a lot of people and just really appreciate your time. Absolutely, brother. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll see you in my neck of the woods soon. Sounds good, man. Be safe. Have a good night. Okay. Okay, brother. Thanks, man. Right. Take care. Bye.